And we're starting. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to our Odd Pod. Podcast. A podcast dedicated to the odd, the macabre, and everything in between. And everything in between. Welcome back. Um, hey, guys. It's Election Day. Well, It's yes, the day after Election it's Day. It's the day after Election Day. We don't have answers yet. We are struggling. Yeah, there's a little bit of stress. She's got stress hives. What did you call them earlier? Um, fuck, what did I call them earlier? Mm. It wasn't stress, anything. I don't fucking know, man. No. I forget things as soon as I say them. You know that. <laughs> it was hilarious, though. Just know that it was funny. Just know that it was very funny. It was so funny. Don't know about you, but I have been anxiety-ridden for the last, I don't want to say six months, but specifically in the last week. It just kind of hit me last night. Yeah? I woke up like every hour. Oh yeah, I did not sleep well last night. Every hour I woke up from a snippet of a nightmare. Uh, Yeah, so uh, I actually started like four different topics other than the one that I'm going to do now. Uh Uh-huh. I just existential dread mostly could not finish any of them. I have four topics started, which will probably come in handy later down the road, but I just, I couldn't do them. I just stared at the wall. Well. Because, <laughs> like, I would get, like, two pages in, panic about the state of the world, and then go eat ice cream. Oh, man. In my underwear on the couch. Oof. My bad. I need you to calm down. I need the world to calm down. Eating ice cream in my underwear on the couch is kind of my go-to move. So. Yeah, that's that's the move these days. Yeah, stop jogging my style. <laughs> um, so with that being said, it it felt really nice to kind of like get back to my roots, I guess you could call it. Uh-huh. Basically like where I think this podcast like the idea came from anyway. Uh, well, I don't know what we're talking about, so Oh, okay. So you might like to know that I want to talk about serial killers today. Like all serial killers? I want to talk about, like, the psychology of serial killers. Oh, the psychology of serial killers. Because I really wanted to dip my toes into, like, actually doing a true crime case. hmm But I didn't want to jump into, like, a, a serial killer, if that makes sense. Yeah, we did. Well, we did a true crime case, right? We did the cannibal. Yeah, that was kind of true crime-ish. Ish, but I think we were more focusing on the cannibal part. Yeah, well, I didn't want to jump that was a into big it. part of it. <laughs> I didn't want to jump into like a murder when that doesn't really seem to be like where I want our podcast to go. Yeah. And not just be like a true crime podcast. So this really just kind of takes it back to like the odd, the macabre, and like everything else part of what I like about it. Yeah. And then maybe next week I'll hop into like an actual true crime. Okay. Well, I mean, the mind of a serial killer is probably pretty odd. Yeah. But then like I just wanted to. Uh, kind of go over things i guess if that makes sense there's a lot there's so much i guess it makes sense in that you're gonna go over things and then i'll understand better what you mean well yeah that does i'm i'm not explaining it very well don't don't leave the podcast yet i promise it it gets better yeah this is just the intro if you haven't been here before we kind of do an intro unless it's my last podcast and then i just kind of blaze right into it (laughs) so just before we begin, what do you know about serial killers? Um, I know that they have to kill more than three people to be considered a serial killer. Yeah. I know that typically they follow like the same pattern. Sure. And if I'm not mistaken, usually their victims all have something in common. Not quite all the time, but we're going to touch over that. Okay. If I spoiled anything, I'm sorry, but... We, I, don't I have a lot of information to give you. You haven't spoiled anything. Also, I feel like they're very precise and like, I don't want to say OCD, but maybe just a little OCD. We go over that too. But I could just... Because not always. It could just be Dexter that I'm thinking of. Definitely Dexter. Yeah, so just like to begin. Um, so a serial killer, just by definition, is typically a person who murders three or more people. Mm-hmm. Um, classification between a mass murderer, a spree killer, or a contract killers may overlap in their definition. 
and the debate exists on specific qualifications because of course they do especially in regards to spree killers in comparison to serial killers but we'll talk about that later that makes sense to me because like i don't remember i don't know if you remember the dc sniper yeah but they actually shot two people like around here did you know that no um but I wouldn't consider them serial killers. They, to me, that was more of like a spree killing. Yeah, that would definitely, in my opinion, be a spree killer. The murders would take place over a time span, um, which includes a significant period of time in between them. So if you're familiar with like Criminal Minds, they would call it like the cool-off period. I'm not familiar with Criminal Minds. Are you really not familiar with Criminal Minds? I've watched Minds? like a few episodes. Oh my god. I don't really do cop procedural shows I- unless it's... I love criminal law and order special victims unit that's about the only but most authorities have set the threshold for three murders but there is an argument where some people have like extended it to four because maybe they don't want to let their small town know that there's a serial killer or they'll lessen it to like two because they want to unsure well I could see like okay let's say that you have three four killings right but the first one is like different like they're just warming up and then Mm -hmm. the next three are very similar in how they're carried out maybe that's something like maybe that would extend it to four are you you reading my notes (laughs) i don't know i'm not (laughs) or like maybe you have two very ritualistic murders and you're like this dude's definitely going to be a serial killer i don't know about that you don't think so i don't know like if two people in one town are murdered the exact same way but is it just limited to that too? Or you're just assuming that they might become serial killers? I'm just assuming that they're going to be a serial killer. Makes an ass out of you and me. Well, we're talking about the, the psychology of serial killers. I just feel like psychology is a lot of assuming, right? Don't you think? Mm-hmm. Maybe not. That might that might have came out. I dropped out of college. That might have came out wrong. Um. So the usual motive for serial killings is usually like a psychological gratification and most serial killings involve some kind of sexual contact with the victim whether it comes from a sexual assault or the murder gives them kind of sexual gratification okay i know i know a little something about psychological satisfaction because like in regards to murder no it's like when you go back for that third sleeve of oreos you know (laughs) you're full you don't need to eat anymore but that but that third sleeve of oreos would make me very happy that's satisfaction gluttony that's right um the fbi states that the motives of a serial killer can include anger thrill-seeking financial gain attention seeking um the murders may be attempted or completed in a similar fashion the victims may have something in common like their demographic profile okay i.e like a sex worker or someone who works in healthcare. they can also include like their appearance their gender or their race so like maybe like one guy wants to go after brunettes who work in hospitals and they just kill brunettes that work in hospitals. It's pretty Girl. specific. Might be mad at his girlfriend. We don't know. Maybe his mom had brown hair. And works in the hospital. Ooh. Sorry, maybe. Sophia. Who's Sophia? Sophia's my friend. Is she, she brunette was... and works in a hospital? She does. Oh, sorry, Sophia. <laughs> um, getting into different types of killers, as it relates to serial killers, obviously, because we are talking about serial killers, Many murderers are people who have killed more than one victim, obviously, Felicia, who wrote your notes, based on the patterns of their murders. Multiple killers are classified into three basic categories. Okay. We've got mass murderers, spree killers, and the thing that we're talking about today is serial killers. Wait, what are we talking about today? Serial killers. Serial killers. Yes. Like Fruit Loops, Cheerios. Absolutely. I'm a serial killer. I could kill some cereal right now. Oh, I could use some cereal right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, rampage killer is not. I didn't include that into my list because it is a fairly new category. Rampage killer? Yes. It's like giant monsters that attack buildings. Right. Yeah. But mostly referring to like mass murderers and spree killers. And I feel like there's a good distinction between the two. So would a rampage killer be like a school shooter? I feel like it would be more of, like, somebody who is, like, angry at the doctor or something. I think it happened in Grey's Anatomy. I don't watch Grey's Anatomy. I watched a video in reaction to a Grey's Anatomy video where the shooter was mad at a doctor, and he was just going around the hospital killing people. Okay. 
So that can kind of like. So like they're on a rampage. Yeah. Okay. I'm taking these definitions from a thought.co article written by Charles Montaldo just because I thought they were really like clear and concise and I could do a better job rewriting them. Well, with a name like Montaldo. Obviously, You right. definitely are a precision lister. <laughs> um, a mass murderer usually kills four or more people in one location during a continuous period of time. Whether it is done within a few minutes over a period, da- period of days, mass murders can com- be committed by a single individual or by a group of people. Um, killers who murder several members of their family also fall into mass murderer category. Say that five times fast. Mass murderer category. Mass murder category. Mass murder category. Can't or say it Mass once. murderer category. Murderer. Mass murderer category. An example of a mass murderer would be like Richard Speck, who on July 14th, 1966, Speck systematically tortured, raped, and killed eight student nurses from South Chicago Community Hospital. Jesus. Of, yeah. So all of the murderers were committed in a single night in the nurses' South Chicago townhouse, which had been converted into a student dormitory. I feel like I watched like a movie about this or saw like a video about this. Maybe I I'm not familiar with the name Richard Speck. Oh, you know what I think it was? I think it was like on one of the seasons of American Horror Story. Pa- you know what? That does sound familiar. It's like I remember somebody killing a bunch of nursing students, right? Yeah. yeah. Maybe. I'll have to go back and watch it. Terry Lynn Nichols is also considered mass a mass murderer. They were convicted of conspiring with Timothy McVeigh to blow up the Alfred P. Murrah Federal Building in Oklahoma City on April 19, 1995. The bombing resulted in the death of 168 people, including children. Nichols was given a life sentence after the jury jury deadlocked on the death penalty. He then received 162 consecutive life terms on federal charges of murder. Wow. I remember that. The Oklahoma City bombing. I remember when it happened. Do you really? Yeah. Weird. How was that? It was weird because it was like, if, from what I can remember, the first time in my lifetime where like a mass bombing like that had happened, you know? Yeah. And you know, like, Timothy McVeigh got caught because he got pulled over. Yeah. That's and, actually my next sentence. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, McVeigh was executed on June 11th, 2001, after being found guilty of de- detonating a bomb hidden in a truck parked in front of the building. Yeah. So maybe not quite what you were saying, but close. Well, what happened was he got pulled, if, and I'm pretty sure this is the story. If I'm wrong, feel free to tell me, whoever. Um, he got pulled over for something stupid, like a tail light out, or he didn't signal a lane change. That happened so much. But he got pulled over and just started confessing. Like, he freaked out and started confessing what happened. Oh, see, bro. Rookie move. Gotta take one out of Ted Bundy's book. Come on, Timmy. Rookie move. Moving on to spree killers. Not to be confused with the candy spree. Spree. When I was a kid, I fucking loved spree. That's all I could think about when I was writing. I was like, mm, I could use some candy right now. Spree, hard candy. Anyway, um, spree killers, often sometimes referred to as rampage killers. Um, they will murder two or more victims, but uh, at more than one location. Uh-huh. So they'll kill somebody and then move locations and kill more people. Oh, damn. Right. Um... So although their murders occur in separate locations, their spree is considered a single event because there is no cooling off period. Uh And that's really what sets them apart from serial killers. Um, Robert Fallon is an example of a spree killer where in October of 1975, he killed one student and wounded five others in an Ottawa high school after earlier raping and stabbing a 17-year-old friend to death. Jesus Christ. There's a lot of like raping that goes along with these things. So that's sexual gratification. Fuck, man. Um, Charles Starkweather was a spree killer between December 1957 and January 1958. Starkweather, with his 14-year-old girlfriend by his side, killed 11 people in Nebraska and Wyoming. He was executed by electrocution 17 months after his conviction. Shit. So within like the span of a month, they had killed 11 people, and there's not enough time between that time to be considered like a cooling-off period. Whereas, like, many serial killers will wait, like, a couple of months or even, like, a month between killings. 
And some that have waited like years, right? Or like right decades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, serial killers, my favorite. Um, serial killers obviously murder three or more victims, but each victim is killed on a separate occasion. Um, unlike mass murderers and spree killers, serial killers usually select their victims. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a cooling off period. So like they'll watch them for a little while? Some will, yeah. I mean, obviously we're not talking about Ted Bundy because he was kind of like a... A like lot of people didn't like, kind of like hunt them, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But they'll be like walking down the street, be like that oh, one. Oh, hey, that one. Yeah. Or like they'll watch him for a little bit and be like, okay, we're going to get into that. Okay. And sometimes they will plan their crimes carefully. Um, serial killers can travel widely to find their victims, like Ted Bundy, as we have mentioned. Israel Keys is another. Um, but others will remain in the same general geographic area. Uh huh. It just depends on, like, I guess it depends on, like, where you are. Okay. And what your, quote-unquote, hunting ground would be. Right. Um, serial killers often demonstrate a specific pattern that can easily be identified by police investigators. Should that geographical, like, map that you're working off of, like, expand over, like, two jurisdictions, you'd hope that maybe they're in communication with each other and they can figure it out yeah which probably not the case doesn't happen a lot no yeah there's not a whole lot of like um good inter-department working relations (laughs) i think we can uh assume that from like tv shows and real life yeah but while motives for serial killers sometimes remains a mystery their behavior often fits into like specific subtypes like 1988, Ronald Holmes, a criminologist in the University of Louisville who specializes in the study of serial killers, identified four different subtypes of serial killers. So there's the visionary, is usually the psychotic. They're the visionary type serial killer is compelled to murder because they hear voices or see visions ordering them to kill certain kinds of people. Um, if you remember, like, Son of Sam. Yeah, like his dog told him to kill people, right? Right. Yeah. Um... There's also, like, the mission-oriented serial killer. This type of serial killer targets a specific group of people who they believe are unworthy to live and without whom the world would be a better place without them. I think Jack the Ripper, although I'm not sure if that was his motive, that was the first one that came to my mind, considering he did mainly murder, like, sex workers and prostitutes. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. Like, there's there are theories, but no one really knows who Jack the Ripper was, right? They are trying to come up with somebody by using familial DNA, just like they did the Golden State Killer. Yeah, like they think that it was Prince someone, right, who had syphilis and, like, he went crazy. Well, now they're thinking, did you say Prince? Yeah. Like, the artist formerly known as the... No, like Prince someone. Oh. Like a prince of something. (laughs) Like a royal prince. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously not... Unless he's a lot older than I thought. I was so confused there for a second. I was like, I know you're not accusing Prince. Of- no, like a prince or a lord or something. I thought, I think they've narrowed it down to it being a woman, though. I was about to say, I think it was a woman. Right? Who found out her husband was... Or do you think it was another lady of the night? This is my theory. It's a woman, right? Whose husband messed around with prostitutes. Maybe he got sick or she got sick. Maybe not. Who knows? Because A, she could get close to other women probably. Yeah. And B, no one at that time, I don't think anyone would suspect a woman of being able to like. Well, that too. But then like Jack the Jack the Ripper, quote unquote, if we are calling it a woman. I feel like it's probably what you said, but her husband was probably a doctor and she learned how to cut the way that she did from him. Or a butcher. A butcher's wife yeah something like that right because like i think if i remember they were talking about like it was very like precision yeah maybe i should jack the rapper a little jack the rapper i should do jack the rapper next week jack the rapper what's up or is it jill the ripper jill the jack ripet. or jill the ripet <laughs> jack jill the rip the ripperette ripperette anyway anyway moving on let's move on from jack the ripper jill the ripper jill the ripper there is the, like, I can't say this word either, hedonistic killer. There's hedonistic. Hedonistic. Wow. That's like a sexy time. Or like they get like, hedonism is kind of like, I do what I want. 
because I want to do it. I'm just you're reading my notes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, the hedonistic killer kills for the thrill of it because they enjoy the act of killing and sometimes become sexually aroused during the act of murder. Um, you can think of Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer, okay. Um, you can think of Edmund Kemper. Don't know who that is. You really don't know who that is? Okay. Put that one aside because we need to talk about him later. Okay. And uh, Ted Bundy. Ted who? Bundy. I'm just kidding. I know I was Ted like, Bundy wait a second, we just mentioned him. <laughs> no, I, I do know who Ted Bundy is. Okay. And then uh, moving away from the hedonistic, because that's a new word that I learned. Hedonistic. Oh, shit, I said it wrong. <laughs> I mean, I don't... Nobody come for me. English is not... Hedonistic. English is not... We're not friends. Anyway, there is the power-oriented serial killer. These serial killers kill to exert ultimate control over their victims. These murderers are not psychotic. They are obsessed with capturing and controlling their victims and forcing them to obey their every command. Pedro Alonso Lopez abducted children with the intent to control them even after death. You can also think of John Wayne Gacy. I didn't know John Wayne Gacy captured people and tried to control them. I thought he was just like a perv and had sex with children and then killed them. But is that not like a, the, the act of rape is, is about control? Yeah, it's like a power thing for sure. I'm including it. All right. Because this is our podcast and I can do what I want. You know what? I'm, I defer to you. You're better versed in this topic than me by a long shot. <laughs> Next, I kind of want to go over motive. 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 Um, it kind of sounds like the reason why they do things, but it also can include how they do things. If you remember the other night when I was asking you a specific question on like... What's it called? Like the reason why people do things? Yeah. It ended up being motive. It was motive? Okay. I know we went back and forth on it for like... I just feel like there was another word that I couldn't think of. I still think there's another word for it, but motive is the one that kept popping up. So well, Now the thing that I'm stuck on doesn't have anything to do with that. It's just like how they do things. Yeah. Anyway. M.O. M.O. Modus operandus. Modus operandi. Oh, yeah. Modus operandi. Anyway. Um, as presented by the FBI in Serial Murder... A multidisciplinary perspective for investigators. The specific observations made by attendees at this um, meeting of sorts are outlined in my voice below. (laughs) Um, The motive can be difficult to determine in a serial murderer investigation um, because serial murderers can have multiple motives for committing his or her crimes. Okay. The motive can evolve. So, like you said earlier, it can start one way and then, like, just evolve into something completely different. Like a Pokemon. Just like a Pokemon. Yeah. Just like a Pokemon. Right. Um, Classification of motivation should be limited and observable to behavior and conditions at the scene of the murders. So, obviously, unless they're stalking and, like, making every scene, like, picture perfect, everything is... There will be, like, differences between each... Thing. Like maybe at one home they can, you know, take the fire extinguisher, for example. But maybe the next home didn't have one, if yeah. that makes sense. Uh-huh. I don't know why I chose fire extinguisher as the thing, but even if a motive can be identified, it may not be helpful in identifying a serial murderer. Okay. So they may have like this murderer, they can tell it's all been from the same person, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to help them catch. Right, okay. Um, So, utilizing investigative resources to discern the motive instead of identifying the offender that can derail or bog down an investigation. So, typically, in a real investigation, they don't harbor too much on that version of the motive. It's happened a couple of times on Criminal Minds where they're so preoccupied with the crime scene and, like, the things that are going on with that that they kind of lose sight of looking for... The suspect. So basically they're trying to find meaning where there is none. Yeah, which is why they don't typically pay, like, they'll pay attention to the crime scene and, like, what it looks like and the similarities between each crime scene, Uh but they don't harbor on it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because it can, like, derail an investigation rather than help it along. Uh Uh-huh. And um, the level of injury that has happened at each crime scene does not, not necessarily equate to the motive 
because that can differ between like who the person is and etc. Like there's too many variables. Right. Anyway, regardless of specific motives, most serial killers commit their crimes because they want to. Because I do what I want. A strong, independent woman, man, them, they, um, person, person, he, she, neither, or both. Yeah, whatever. Um, the exception to this would be like a few serial killers suffering from severe mental illnesses for whom they don't really have a coherent motive. Any examples? None yet. Okay. This would suggest that there is a broad, non-inclusive category of motives to be utilized as guidelines for criminal investigations. Um, there is an argument that we shouldn't be using these uh-huh. type things to identify like serial killers, but people at the meeting that I'm talking about, they kind of gave seven general categories of motives, and I will read them now. Read them please now. Um, so like one motive could just be anger. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a pow- obviously a powerful motivation. There's a reason why we riot in the streets and protest. And drive like assholes. Yeah, definitely. Um, be mean to your baristas. Uh, the offender would display rage or hostility towards a certain subgroup. Subgroup yeah. being baristas. You're having a bad day, you'd be mean to a barista. Just take it out on your barista. Yeah, we love that shit. Yeah, they love it. <laughs> Said no barista Said ever. Said no barista ever. Just leave a big tip if you're going to be an asshole. Right. You can be an asshole to me if you want to leave me money. Yeah, I mean, like, you just be upfront about it. How much of an asshole do you want to be? Is this, like, a $15 asshole? Is this, like, a $10 asshole? Yeah, for $15, you can call me a bitch to my face. Yeah, get that $10 asshole. $7, I'll slap you. Yeah. $5, we don't say any curse words. We just take turns spitting at each other. (laughs) Not today, we don't. Right in their mouth. Coronavirus. Coronavirus. Anyway, a criminal enterprise could be a motivation in which the offender benefits from, like, killing a drug dealer or taking out somebody from robbing a bank. They help you rob the bank, you kill them, you don't have to split the money. Oh, that's what you meant. Okay. I thought you meant, like, I'm going to stop this bank robber. No, we're not vigilant anteing it. Okay, cool. Um, financial gain, obviously. 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 Um, I don't feel like I need to go into that one. What, financial gain? Yeah. Pretty cut and dry there, that one. Yeah. Um, there is the idea, ideology is the motivation to commit murder um, in order to further goals or ideas in a specific group. Like a terrorist? Ex- literally my next sentence. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Damn. I just keep doing that. This I don't know if that's good or bad. Getting in my head, bro. I know, bro. Um, so this would include like terrorist groups okay. or individuals who attack a specific racial, gender, or ethnic group outside of their own. Like the KKK. Like the KKK. Fuck them guys. Who is who? By the way, is a terrorist organization and endorses Trump. Just just throwing it out there. I'll just anyway. I'll say this again: the KKK are a racist terrorist organization. Who backs Trump? I just I just I just, just, just mentioning. I'm not mad at you. I'm just mentioning it. Um, there is psychosis. As a motive, um, it is the rare situation in which an offender is suffering from a severe mental illness, usually undiagnosed, or diagnosed and unmedicated. That makes you think that you're a luchador. That's a Mexican wrestler. Or... Named Psychosis. That's the joke. There's a wrestler named Psychosis. Oh. Sorry. Psychosis, are you listening? No one's going to get that joke, probably. Anybody watch wrestling? Remember Psychosis? Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Email me. Had horns on his mask. He was cool. Go ahead. Anyway, the if if they're like suffering from a psychotic break, they could hear um, auditory or visual hallucinations and suffer from paranoia, grandiose or bizarre delusions. Mm, I've met some people like that. Are they not running for office right now? No, like actual like. Oh well, you work. You used to work on an ambulance. Yeah, it's I'm referring to the man in the White House. I know who you're referring to. They're also backed by the KKK. Anyway, um, sexually based is a motivation driven by the sexual needs or desires of the offender, there may or may not be evidence of sexual contact at the crime scene. What would be evidence of sexual contact? Semen. Gross. That's <laughs> like... Wait, a, I'm not laughing at the incident. I'm sorry. It's are like you a, just laughing at the word semen? Yeah. How old are you? Twelve. I just wanted to bait you into saying semen so I could <laughs> laugh at you. Even though... The thought of That's semen on a corpse is really fucked dude, up and dark. I don't like that. I'm not like laughing it. at that bit. I'm just laughing at 
that I got you to say, you know what, let's just care. Let's just move on. At the end of the day, most people are compelled to commit murder because they want to or they need to. I need it. Not like that, but yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer was saying that like he needed to kill somebody so he could feel close to them oh. and keep them forever. That's why he ate them. That is why he ate them. Yeah. We talked about Flashback that. Flashback to chapter one. Episode one. Holla. Holla. Anyway, so like what makes a serial killer? I don't know. We talked about it earlier. Pop uh, quiz. Oh, um, they kill more than three people. No, I'm talking about their like childhood. Oh, uh, sexual abuse, r- bad parents, or like two good parents, right? It's no. like they either didn't love you enough or they loved you too much. Which one are you? I'm not a serial killer. It's irrelevant. <laughs> or so he says. Um, what I'm talking about is the McDonald triad of predictors of future and violent behaviors. Okay, so I must have missed something because I thought we talked about that, like, having a bad childhood was a... It comes up. Like a single parent kind of thing. Probably a dude who was raised by his mom. That comes up later. Wow. Anyway, so um, I think most people are fairly familiar with the McDonald triad of predictors of future violent behaviors. Is that from the movie um, The Minority Report? Never seen it. Okay, well. Referencing back to Criminal Minds again, that is, this is something that comes up a lot. And that Are we sure this podcast isn't just about Criminal Minds I at this really point? I really wanted to talk about Criminal Minds. Okay. They don't call it the McDonald Triad of Predictors of Future and Violent Behaviors because that is a Sp- long-ass name. Sponsorship. They call it the Burger King Predictor Triad of Multiple Murder Futures. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, the triad, uh, they are fascinated with setting things on fire. Okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> like most 12-year-olds. Right. They may abuse or take part. They may abuse animals or take part in sadistic activity, whereas maybe they don't have access to an animal. They might just beat their baby brother. And I don't mean like in the way like typical brothers do. I mean like really harm their brother. Okay. And sometimes they will wet the bed after age 12. Oh. oh. So like bedwetting. Yeah. I think, um, if I remember correctly, Jeffrey Dahmer experienced all of those things. Bedwetting. It's weird that, like, that's how it manifests. There's something in your brain that makes you, like, wet the bed. Like I, I'm not sure, but it's just, like, out of the 200 people that they had interviewed, bedwetting was something that came up six, over 60%. Crazy. Right? That's wild, dude. That's over the age of 12. Mm-hmm. So, like, well out of your bedwetting years. So, there are a few more characters that show up that aren't involved in the McDonald triad of predictors of future and violent behaviors. There's a lot. We're going to go over them because I think they're all very interesting. Okay. Um, they may exhibit varying degrees of mental illness, psychopathy, um, which may contribute to their homicidal behavior. For example, someone who is mentally ill may have psychotic breaks that cause them to believe that they are either another person or they are compelled to murder by other entities, such as they think God is talking to them, their dog is talking to them. Their God is talking to them through their dog. Right, yes, all these things. Like Son of Sam, right? Back on him. just, Just like Son of Sam. Psychopathic behavior that is consistent with traits common to some serial killers may include sensation seeking, um, they have a sense, like a lack of remorse or guilt uh-huh. because they're kind of like checked out of it. There's an impulse. They're just trying to feel something. Right. Yeah. That or they just don't feel anything. So they can do whatever they want. Yeah. Okay. Um, they have a need for control, which they might not have in their real life. So like nine to five type. It's like basically like if I take it as somebody who like works in an office and they like they're the bitch boy or something, they have no control over themselves and like. They use their time in which they kill people to seek control, and they will also ex- like exhibit some predatory behavior, as in like just watching someone like maybe just for like a little bit too like long. Like stalking people. Stalking, yes. Staring in public. Yeah, just like that. This is unlike people with major mental disorders such as schizophrenia. Psychopaths can seem normal and are often quite charming. Take it back to Ted Bundy. Yeah, you handsome devil. It's more of just like a state of adaptation. It's like a camouflage, like a social camouflage. Exactly. Yeah. They can just like come off as charming, but they just don't feel anything. Well, I feel like probably they don't really feel anything. They probably don't have like certain emotions of their own. I feel like they're easily able to like pick off what other people are doing and just kind of mimic it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like they're good at like mimicking 
what they think is like uh what's the word i'm looking for um hold on sorry like admirable social behaviors you know exactly yeah absolutely often they were abused when they were younger either emotionally physically sexually by a family member see i said that earlier and you made it seem like i was wrong no just on the triad Oh, okay, sorry. Serial killers may be more likely to engage in fetishism, partialism, um, which is a sexual interest with exclusive focus on a specific body part other than your genitals. Like foot fetish. Like a foot fetish, or maybe you just really love hands. Or noses. Noses. Elbows. Teeth. Teeth. Kneecaps. Yeah. Ears. I don't know. Um. I'm not yucking anyone's. I'm not yucking anyone's yum ever. I'm not yucking anyone's yum until it leads to rape and murder, and then I'll yuck it a little bit. Yeah, that's acceptable. Right. Um, necrophilia. Oh yeah. I'm gonna yuck that one. I take it back. I'm yucking everyone's yum. (laughs) We're just gonna backtrack just a little bit, and we're going to exclude necrophilia from the lack of yucking of yums. We're gonna. I'm not gonna yuck anyone's yum with a big asterisk at the top of it yeah there's a very thick line you have to cross where we will yuck your yum and that's necrophilia these are paraphilias that involve strong tendencies to experience the object of erotic interest as almost as if it were a physical representation of a symbolized body and do you know what the para and paraphilia means no we talked about this yeah, abnormal. Like, uh, remember when we were talking about sleep paralysis? Wow. What if I just become educated while doing this show? Like, episode one, Felicia, fucking dumb. Episode eight, she's getting there. She's really learning things. Because <laughs> it was a parasomnia, right? REM parasomnia. All of our episodes just build on each other. I know, dude. It's beautiful. Just reference back. Like Can you a imagine goddamn Lego once we tower. get into, like, 25 episodes and we're like, yeah, on episode three. Yeah, we're not going to remember that far back once we get What was there. episode three? Ouija boards. Was it? Right. I don't remember. Mm. Anyway, um, individuals engaging in these paraphilias, there are different levels of engaging in their fantasy. Oh. Yeah, basically that. See, so like necrophilia can come in different levels where just pretending can get somebody off. Like Ted Bundy, I think he made his girlfriend do that. Maybe he did, I don't remember that. All the way to like where pretending's not enough, they actually have to be dead. So Exciting. Exciting. Yucking that one. Gonna go ahead and yuck that one. Gonna yuck that one. Um, so going continuing on with like what makes a serial killer, um, they're usually bullied or socially isolated as a child or in their up to their adolescence. Henry Lee Lucas was ridiculed as a child and later cited the mass rejection that he experienced by his peers as a cause for his hatred of everything. Wow. And what was his name? Henry Lee Lucas. Okay. Kind of sounds like an angsty teenager thing, though. Like, yeah, I feel like control yourself. Yeah. You, you notice, like, the three name thing? Is that a coincidence? I think not. Okay. If you name your child with three names, or they go by three names, they're 56% more likely <laughs> to end up being a serial killer. That can't be true. I can't argue with science. I'm just saying, what's his name? Tell me his name again. Henry Lee Lucas. Mm-hmm. There's John Wayne Gacy. There's Lee Harvey Oswald, which wasn't a serial killer. But There's Billy B. Bones. That's B is not a name. It's a it's an initial. B-E-E. Billy B. Bones. <laughs> I'm not a serial killer, damn it. Debatable. Kenneth Bianchi, if I said his name right, don't care if I did. Um, was teased as a child because he would wet his pants uh, and twitched. And he was largely ignored by his peers as a teenager, so he ended up killing people. I mean, like, that's one way to get their attention. There's got to be a better way. I don't know. Tell a joke. Same to work. Be funny. Yeah, hey, that's what, that's, that's what kept, kept me from being a serial killer, because I'm hilarious. Hilarious. I don't know if you've met me, but I'm really funny. So funny. <laughs> um, they will participate in, like, petty crimes, such as fraud, theft, vandalism. Stuff like that. Is like the rush of doing bad stuff. She's kind of like, I want to be bad. I want to be bad. Um, they also have trouble staying employed and tend to work like mediocre jobs at best. Um, mm. However, it is argued by the FBI stating that serial murderers often seem normal and can have families and steady jobs. 
um, but others may come from like an unstable home. One article I found said that jobs that are high up on the list for serial killers to work for, go just, I have three. Okay. Go ahead and take a guess at what they are. Three jobs that they're most likely to do. Yes. Uh, retail. No. Uh, how many guesses like, do I get? Uh, I'll give you three. Food services? No. But understandable. Uh, some sort of hospital work? No. I don't fucking know then. Well, hospital work does come in later, but I'm not including it on this list. It is um, aircraft mechanist. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. They work kind of like odd hours, long hours, and kind of work whenever they can. It's just like a, a mechanic that's so specific. Just How many serial just, killers were aircraft mechanics? Just what the article said. I'm just reporting the news. Okay. Well, if one of them's not a dentist, I'm going to be disappointed. Oh, well, I prepare to be disappointed. Okay. Um, a shoemaker or like a shoe repairer. I guess like a cobbler. A cobbler, yeah. Because yeah. um, you can pretty much just work whenever you want, I guess. I'm, I'm, I think this list is from like the 1940s. Because <laughs> first of all, who the hell's a cobbler anymore? I drive by a cobbler on my way to work. Okay, well. Or like an automobile upholster. Also work that you can do like whenever. See, that's really specific too. I don't know. That's just what the article said. Okay. Um, Let me suggest that serial killers generally have like an average or below average IQ. However, in television and like movies, they are kind of portrayed as having like IQs. Either high IQs or they're kind of like it's like an like an idiot savant. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Um, it is interesting. Um, so like out of a sample of two hundred and two serial killers, the average median IQ range was eighty nine. That's really low. Is it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's pretty low. That's just what the article said. I think I don't know, man. Maybe it's average. I don't. I don't I'm not sure what wrong. an average IQ is. I'm getting away from that. The FBI does have, like, a classification manual to place serial killers into, like, three other categories. There's a lot of categories involving serial Lots killers. Lots of categorizing. Yeah. Not a lot of catching. <laughs> Priorities. Come on, FBI. Get your shit together. Uh, there's, like, either organized or disorganized or a mixture of both. Because that's lazy. Yeah. So, wait. The third category is just a mixture of the first two categories? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's lazy as fuck. So, which would mean that they exhibit both characters and a foot in parentheses. Obviously, you guys aren't stupid. Right. Um, so, obviously, their classification can change depending on their range in killing, as some killers will go from being organized to disorganized as they continue to kill. Again, bringing up Criminal Minds because it is one of my favorite shows. I hadn't noticed. Sometimes they'll say that a killer is becoming disorganized, meaning like they started off organized and like have just derailed into like a disorganized nature yeah maybe they're just slipping a little bit yeah that can come from a few things though because like either they get overconfident because they've invaded capture for so long or um it can kind of happen in the opposite way where a once disorganized killer gets better at i guess killing like growing up yeah they just kind of like just gain knowledge from like yeah. the first kill and just kind of like they finally it to their they second get like one. their ged from serial killer night school yeah something yeah. like that I ripped this next part straight from Wikipedia just because I thought it did a good job explaining things. I'm not mad at it. Oh, okay. So I ripped this straight from Wikipedia just because I thought it did a good job explaining things. Organized and disorganized killers. So for organized killers, um, they often plan their crimes methodically, usually abducting victims, killing them in one place, and disposing them in another. Because they will often lure their victims with ploys appealing to their sense of sympathy, um, like... Some people will specifically target prostitutes who are more likely to go with somebody who is a stranger. And less likely to be, like, um, missed, I guess. Yeah. Nobody really cares when a sex worker goes missing because their job is, I guess, more dangerous. Yeah. And they're kind of seen like lesser people, even though they definitely are not. These killers maintain a high degree of control over the crime scene, and they usually have a solid knowledge of forensic science that enables them to cover their tracks. Such as like burying a body or weighing it down in the river. They will often follow their crimes either through like police scanners or news feed coverage. And they often take pride in their actions as if it were like a, some kind of like project. Yeah. 
like uh what's his name the zodiac guy yeah he was like real big on he was like real high up on his own fan list yeah well he na- didn't he like name himself probably weak grow a pair did they catch him Mm-mm. oh well coming they still haven't figured out his last um message really i don't think so shit that's been Maybe years. we shouldn't talk shit about the Zodiac Killer. He's dead. You think so? I'm sure he's or dead. Or he's like old. Some, I, can, I can take an 80-year-old. I'm saying. Somebody shows up or at the door like, like a walker. Don't open it. Attacked, almost got attacked by the lady next door. Well, I mean, I think you mean she almost got attacked by you. <laughs> anyway, often organized killers have social skills and other interpersonal skills sufficient enough to enable them to develop both personal and romantic relationships. Hey. Hey. Friends and lovers sometimes even attract and maintain a spouse and can even have children. Like, anyone can have children, but, like, they build a family. Yeah, yeah. Now, do they do that because they're just, like, normal people underneath their crazy self, or is it, like, a cloaking device? Probably, like, a mixture of both. Like. People are less likely to suspect, like, a family man, you know, someone part of the community. I guess, I guess my question is, does it mean that they are capable of making a connection and maintaining a family just because, like, it's odd that they can do that because of their emotional state or lack thereof? Or is it saying, like, they're actually love these people and start a family and, like... Maybe a mixture of both. I guess it would just depend on, like... 700 of the other classifications that the FBI would give them. Right. Among those serial killers, these types are most likely to be described by acquaintances as kind and unlikely to hurt anybody. So like like what I said before, it is kind of like a cloaking mechanism, as you had mentioned. Not me, but um, yeah. Okay. And just to get back on the subject of IQs, organized serial killers tend to be near the normal range with the uh, like an average of 94.7. Um, disorganized serial killers are usually far more impulsive, often committing their murders with like random weapons found at the scene or oh. just like available to them. Wow. Um, and they usually do not attempt to hide the body. Oh. They are more likely to be unemployed or considered a loner or both. And they usually have very few friends. Which would, you know, kind of the definition of a loner. Well, I guess you could be a loner and have friends and just choose to be alone. I mean, I guess, yeah. Um, they often turn out to have like a history of mental illness, and their modus operandi or m- motive is often marked by like excessive violence and sometimes necrophilia and sexual violence. So when a serial killer chooses a victim, I thought this part was like super cool. Well, we'll see. <laughs> In two thousand five, the FBI made another report on serial homicide, where a serial killer can select the victim based on availability, vulnerability, and desirability. Ooh. Um, availability, obviously, is primarily determined by the lifestyle of the victim, circumstances in which he or she is involved that may provide the offender access for an attack. Okay. Um, for example, a single female who spends her evenings alone and at home and is available for a break-in would be just available. Right. Like, you leave your door open. You hang out at home alone, you're not really paying attention. Kind of set yourself up for, you know. Yeah, leave the door unlocked. Not you know. victim, don't at me. <laughs> I'm not, not victim blaming, just. Right, no, they make themselves available. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, vulnerability would be um, just a victim is at risk or susceptible to an attack by an offender. This would mean like a, um, like a girl walking home alone on a street, yeah. like a dark street. With your headphones in. With your headphones in, not really paying attention to anything. Uh, um, but if, like, a woman is walking down the street with a large dog, they're less likely to be attacked. Or, like, you're drunk. Yeah. Vulnerability. Just like that. Um, desirability um, is subjective to the person doing the killing, obviously. Right. Like the br- uh, like the brunette hospital worker. Yeah. This can be described as like their attractiveness or like their appeal to the um, offender. This can change based on like ethnicity, gender, age, body type, just whatever the killer is actually going after. Yeah. Sometimes you're just unlucky. True. Sometimes you are. Sometimes you fit the description that they just like to murder and oh. sometimes eat. Looking at you, Jeffrey. 
Jeffrey. I don't really think he had a, a type. He definitely had a type. I mean, just it was like young boys. attractive, fit Asian men. Like Asian men. Yeah. Oh, Jeffrey Dahmer, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure he was attracted to physically fit Asian men. Is that not true? I'll have to look it up. Other demographics of serial killers. This is we're gonna like touch on like the angel of death, which is like hospital workers, as Ooh. you had mentioned earlier. But yeah. it didn't seem fit to mention them up earlier when they're kind of like in their own specific category. I just watched an episode of a TV show about like a person like that. Like Angel of Death? Yeah. It's yeah. a nurse who's killing people. Mm-hmm. And they would take their hospital band as a trophy. Really? That's creepy. Yeah. Do you think people would notice that like gone missing? I'm pretty sure they would notice. And also like it's your shift and... They're only dying on your shift. But I think that what happened was they would set it up to where they would die from infection. Oh, really? Yeah. Anyway, it's not important because it was fiction. Super important. The show's called Evil. It's really awesome. It's on Netflix. You should watch it. Hashtag not spawns. Yeah. Um, some people with a pathological interest in the power of life and death tend to be attracted to the medical professions. These kinds of killers are sometimes referred to as angels of death or angels of mercy medical professionals that will kill their patients for money, a sense of sadistic pleasure, or they kind of believe that they're easing their patient's pain. Like Kevorkian. Yeah, or just like, because they can. Yeah. Uh, perhaps the most prolific of these types of people would be like Harold Shipman. Other killers, such as Jane Tuffin, who admitted during her murder trial that she was sexually aroused by death. Okay. She would administer a drug mixture into a patient, um, lie in bed with them, and would hold them close as they died. I do want to, like, very quickly, I use Dr. Kevorkian as a example. I don't know if he necessarily falls into the category because, like, his deal was assisted suicide. And, like, his crime was that euthanasia is illegal. But, like, yeah. these people... I don't think I would um, include him in that then. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the people... I'm not saying, like, they asked for it. I, I think they literally, like, asked for it. Yeah. Okay. Um, Which, I mean, I'm saying, like, if you want to go. If uh, you're already dying and you would like to go now, I feel I like think that should be your, totally fair. Maybe that should be your right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. It's like a die with dignity type thing. Yeah, your right to die. So, going into the 21st century, um, there was a Canadian nurse. Her name was Elizabeth Wootblup. I can't say her last name. It says, it says it's pronounced Wetlawfer, Elizabeth Wetlawfer, who murdered elderly patients in the nursing homes where she worked. She was quoted as saying, well, you know, they just, they were so old already that uh, I just felt like maybe uh, you should just help them along a little bit there. Oh, she's trying to make room for new people. I was just trying to make room for some new residents uh, up here in Canada. All I'm saying is Gertrude was being a bitch. Yeah, sorry, Canada and Minnesota. and That's you know. not what you sound like. Only just a little bit. A little bit. I think, like, our Canadian is a little Fargo. Very much Fargo. We just derailed this whole episode. Anyway. Anyway, uh, sorry, go ahead. Lots of anyways. Female serial killers, they're rare in comparison to their male counterparts. Um, Sources suggest that female serial killers represent less than one out of every six known serial killers in the States. And that number is going from between 1800 to 2004. Do you think, like, it's because less women are on, like, this sort of fucking power trip. Maybe, like, that, and also, like, they just don't get caught, maybe? Maybe. That's 64 females out of 416 known offenders. And that was a pretty, uh, pretty wide range, date range. Would yeah. you say 18-something? 1800. 1800 to win? 2004. <laughs> and those 64? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so that's like 15% of serial killers and out of the U.S. have been women. Author of the book Lethal Ladies states that, that there's only like 16% of serial killers that are actually women. And they describe them as like black widows, um, angels of death. Sometimes they'll be a part of a revenge thing or okay. they're even on like a killer team. They're killing with their husbands or partner. Oh, okay. Most women who fall into these categories are either going to be Black Widow or Teen Killers. But it could also just be, like, attention-seeking because, of course, they had to include that. But I think, like, that goes for for the men as well. 
Like if you're a serial killer, we there was a specific type of serial killer that their whole deal was they wanted attention, right? Like Yeah, but like I feel like when they do it with women it's like, Oh, they just want attention. Yeah, that's true. They're fair. just doing it for attention. They wouldn't kill unless they wanted attention. That's fair, but I don't know. I feel like a lot of serial killers do actually do it for attention. That's probably true. It's just the way that it read was like, yeah. they're doing it for attention. I get it. I get what you're saying. But also, there's like motivation for female serial killers can include um, like addiction or psychopathological behavioral factors. I said that all in one word. That's amazing. I didn't mess up that time. I'm proud of you. I would like a cookie, please. There are cookies. Mm-hmm. Um. Female serial killers are more commonly categorized as murdering men for material gain. That just means, like, you've murdered your husband for his insurance claim. Which is kind of like a black widow, right? Yeah, that's what I would consider it as. Yeah. Usually, female serial killers are close to their, like, emotionally close to their victim. And generally need to have a relationship with their victim. Which, traditionally, comes up with this image of the black widow. Right. Methods that female serial killers typically use are going to be poison. poison. <laughs> That's the, I guess, would be the preferred choice in killing. But 20% of females use guns. 16% can use, like, suffocation methods. Ooh. Um, 11% will stab somebody. Fucking uh, fatal attraction. Yeah. And then, like, 5% of, like, female serial killers will drown their victims. Ooh. Drowning. Drowning. That's a terrifying way to die. And female serial killers are more likely to kill in their homes or in a healthcare facility. Interesting. But like most statistics, there is a notable exception to the typical characteristics of female serial killers, such as Eileen Wernos, who killed outdoors instead of at home, used a gun instead of poison, killed strangers instead of friends, and um, that was it. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) I thought there was more, but I did not write more. It's okay. Those are all notable exceptions, so. One analysis of fe- female serial killers found that the victims tended to be spouses, children, or the elderly, which is probably where the 5% of drowning came in. Also, I feel um, angels of death, probably a lot of elderly, because yeah. it seems to me like there's a lot more oversight in long-term care facilities or assisted living than in a hospital. Yeah, you definitely hear more stories of abuse in nursing homes. Especially nursing homes, yeah. But only 26, 26% of female serial killers kill for material gain. Hmm. So. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's getting that late. is interesting. It's getting late. One of the four episodes that I was not able to continue was on Elizabeth Bathory. Oh, hell yeah. Um, I'm just going to glaze over her as she is a considered a female serial killer. Actually, one of the most notorious female serial killers. For sure. And a big part of where the vampires drinking blood part of the mythology came from, if I'm not mistaken. Take it back to the last episode. Take it back to the last episode. So, Countess Elizabeth Bathory. Um, please don't make me say the rest of her name. Don't. No one's going to know what it is anyway. Uh, she was a countess from the renowned Bathory family. Before her husband's death, Elizabeth took great pleasure in torturing the staff by jamming pens under her servants' fingernails or dripping them naked and throwing them out into the snow. Oh, wow. Um, after her husband's death, she and her four collaborators were accused of torturing and killing hundreds of girls and young women. Coming from a diary, it was said she had killed over 600 women. Yeesh. But she was only convicted of 80 still a lot like how many peasants did you have right a lot what number did they get to before they were like hey man how come we don't hear from anybody when they go to work for this countess they were getting people from like outside towns to come in oh really Mm -hmm. they probably offered them a lot like hey come work for well it was considered like an esteemed position to work for you know nobility yeah. yeah but elizabeth was neither tried nor convicted but in 1610, however, she was imprisoned in a cancel whose name I cannot pronounce, um, where she remained bricked in a set of rooms until her death. Yeah, they just bricked her inside of her own castle. Yeah, and then she died four years later. Yeah. She lasted a lot longer than I would have. Not a lot longer than some of you people in quarantine. I mean, they were probably feeding her and stuff, you know. like. Yeah, but then like she just wasn't allowed to leave. So, like, if she was sick, yeah, she just stuck there. But the good news is she wasn't around anyone to get sick. True. 
But sometimes yeah. you just get sick for no reason. That's true. I wonder what she died of. Malnutrition, maybe. Maybe they weren't feeding her well, but probably not. I feel like even shitty nobility were treated better than like regular peasants during that time period. Can you imagine if like you're just like your punishment was to be bricked into a room? Yeah. I hope it's the kitchen. Can you imagine though if like you killed six hundred people and they're like, okay, well, you're just not allowed to leave your apartment ever. <laughs> you're grounded. You're grounded forever. We're going to bring you stuff, but you can't go anywhere. Yeah. Which probably for her is a lot worse because, like, we have stuff we can do, you know. Eventually she, she we She didn't have, crazy. like, a TV or anything. Right. No electricity. No peasants to torture. Something poop-related? She was just pooping Ooh, in Ooh, I bet, yeah. Like, how full was that room? But, like, did they brick her inside of a room or did they brick her inside of, like, a suite in her castle? Oh, I don't know. You know? Yeah. Who knows? Anyway. Anyway. Um, juvenile serial killers are relatively rare. Usually they're, they go along with like an adult. Right. Like the DC sniper. So many examples. I know. Just spit them at me. I'm pretty sure the kid was the one who's actually shooting people, but I, I can't confirm that. I really don't know much about the DC sniper. They were shooting people. There was like a hole in the trunk or something. I remember that yeah. part, but I don't remember like who, what, when, and where, why. Uh, I don't think there was a reason, and it was literally anyone, anywhere, at any time. Funsies. They, juvenile serial killers are rare, so I'm not going to touch too much into them. Um, but the youngest serial killer was named Harvey McGill Robinson. Three names. <laughs> and he is the youngest felon on death row. And how old was he? I don't know. I didn't look up how old he was, but I did see somewhere where the youngest killer was 12. Okay. Not sure if they're the same people. Should have looked it up. It's okay. I'm going to assume they're the same people, because you also just said he was the youngest serial killer, didn't you? The youngest felon on death row. Oh, never mind then. (laughs) Fun fact, in a study of the average age in which most people start killing, Uh um, for men it is 27 and a half, Mm -hmm. and for females it is um, 30. Okay. So my time to shine is coming. It's coming. Racial demographics in regards to serial killers is often subject to debate. However, in the United States, the majority of reported and investigated serial killers are, you might have guessed it, white men. Yeah. Coming from a lower to middle class background, usually starting in their late 20s to early 30s. Statistics don't lie. The FBI would like to note that there are, of course, African Americans, Asian and Hispanic serial killers as well. Because we don't want to hurt the feelings of a 20-something-year-old man who can't control himself. Right. We don't want to offend the neckbeards on the internet. Obviously, there are whole podcasts dedicated to serial killers, as well as TV shows, books, movies, radio shows. Serial killers are often portrayed in fictional media, such as my favorite show, Criminal Minds. What's, the, what's your favorite show? Criminal Minds. <laughs> oh, there was a... Um, actually, I'm sorry. Very quickly. An example of a African-American serial killer was a serial killer who, within the last decade, was killing people here. Oh, I I remember that. Yeah, his name's Derek Todd Lee. I think that's his name, Derek Todd Lee. That sounds right. Uh, I might have gotten his name mixed up with a few other serial killers. I'm pretty sure he's dead. Three names. I think he died. Three names. Yeah. Derek Todd Lee. I'm pretty sure it's Derek Todd Lee, yeah. He killed some people, uh, like, around here in, like, uh, Iberville Parish and... Way to triangulate us. (laughs) Listen, we already said that we were near New Orleans. Iberville, Orleans Parish, West Baton Rouge, East Baton Rouge, Ascension. Livingston. St. Francisville, Livingston. Juban. Just name everything. Yeah. I'll just name name a bunch of parishes. Now you don't know where I'm coming from. Um, Yeah, that's pretty much all that I have. I hope that was interesting. It was interesting. Um, Not a whole lot of comedy in that one, but I... It was hard to be, it was hard to find funny shit about. I know, but I just think it's so interesting. It is really interesting. Um, There were, there were some jokes, but, you know, there was a lot of rape in this episode. Rape is not funny. A lot of rape and murder and like, you know what? Rape is just not funny. Rape is not funny. Murder can be funny. I just don't know how to make it funny. There's no way to make rape funny and you shouldn't even try. I'm just. I'm gonna go rape. ahead and 
I'm gonna go ahead and say that now. You shouldn't joke about rape. It's fucked up. So if you think rape jokes are funny, fuck you. Yeah, I'm talking about murder, though. Yeah, murder's hilarious. So funny. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, anyway, that was, my, that was my public service announcement. Yeah. So this episode comes out the Friday after the election. I hope that whatever happens, that America stays at peace for the most part. Yeah. The next four years will be interesting, regardless of who wins. Should the, the left side win, we have a lot of work to do. Um, and if the right wins we have even more work to do yeah and you know what if the wrong side wins just we got to stick together you know um we're gonna get through this no matter what no matter what so i wish we had like a happier note to end on but i I think anxiety is really just pushing through you could probably honestly i feel like you can hear it in our voices this episode yeah, but I still really wanted to put out an episode. Me too. I mean, probably we could have been like, hey, this whole deal has got us really tired and we're going to take a week off. But you know what? Hopefully you'll enjoy the episode. I think it's a good episode. Just like with what's going on and with the subject matter. Not a lot of comedy. <laughs> hey, Felicia, read the room. But you know what? We don't really advertise ourselves as a comedy podcast. So well, I think we're good to go. Yeah, okay. Well... I hope you guys are hanging in there. I hope you guys can't hear our dogs trying to escape our room. I think that's the neighbors. Tap dancing? I have no idea. Anyway, thanks again for listening, guys. Honestly, um, a lot of interesting stuff in this episode. I'm going to forego the tip your barista part and just say be kind to each other. Yeah, just be kind. Let's stick together. You know, if we get this wrong asshole in the White House... We're going to need each other the next four years, so, yeah. Um, if you wanted to check out um, our social media, you can find all of that on our website. www.ouroddpodpodcast.com. We've got all of our links for everything. Instagram, Twitter, our personal Instagrams. we got a link for DarrenCurtisMusic.com. I almost said Darren Todd Music. DarrenCurtisMusic.com. You know, he makes our intro and outro music. Um, I mean, not specifically for us, but his website is a... But he let us steal it off of YouTube, so that's wonderful. Well, as I was saying, his website, where you can find the song, everything at DarrenCurtisMusic.com is open source for creators like you and me. So go check him out. Give him a like. Support him on Patreon if you are so inclined. But yeah, follow our links. Check us out. Love us and come back next week when we'll talk about something. (laughs) (laughs) We love you guys. Hang in there. This is Uh, the Boneses. And we are out. out.